Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Care to expand on that? I just woke up feeling real dangerous. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast. This is your host, Kami Armoravian. I'm joining my host, Jack Shields, today. We're going to talk a lot about some spring ball stuff. We're going to talk about offensive line, which is really the glaring question going into this summer and spring practice, and just some recruiting in general. And just after that, we're just going to talk about whatever we want to talk about. Sounds good. Did you wake up feeling dangerous this morning? Um, I always wake up feeling dangerous. What about you? Uh, I woke up feeling hungover this morning. So, uh, What were the things that caused you to be hungover? You ever been to the Bunker Club on 23rd Street in Oklahoma City? I've never been to the Bunker Club. It's, it's it a sounds, weird one. Yeah, it's like a place uh, you would get hungover at. Yeah, it's a communist-themed dive bar on oh. 23rd Street next to the Tower Theater. That sounds amazing. It is, uh, yeah, definitely an ex- interesting crowd, interesting drink selection. They have chili dogs there. Just chili dogs. So communist-themed um, chili dogs. Yep. And pretty beer. much. It's pretty neat. I'm imagining, so this is what I'm imagining. Is, is there like Stalin propaganda and stuff? Or well, no? it's like, it, it's, uh, you know, Bunker is kind of the theme there. So, I mean, it's, uh, they have like these little black and white televisions with like old, uh, I guess, uh, they have like the advertisement uh, or the uh, the PSA or whatever it was or the whatever commercial they had for uh, telling people to get under their desks and stuff like that whenever oh, the... Uh, okay, I see, I see. Like, so like in the event that the big like one was dropped. Some Cold War shit. Yeah, yeah, it's a Cold War themed bar. Okay. Yeah, communist, yeah, communist Russia. That's pretty cool. USSR. Well, did you hydrate after you were hungover? No, I did not. So you're still just... I'm 30 and I haven't figured it out yet, so... Pedialyte, man. Oh, I, yeah, I know about Pedialyte. I actually plan on getting Pedialyte, but I didn't. Story of my life, so <laughs> Gatorade, Pedialyte, or just naps. Just had to go with water, yeah. So good old water. Well, besides going to bunker, it sounded like you had a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how's your week so far? It's Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday? it's only only okay. halfway done, or I guess a little more than halfway done. But yeah, yeah, not a bad week. What'd you do besides go to bunker? <sighs> I'm starting to work out again, actually. So. Let's hope that goes out goes well. I did leg day uh, yesterday. Nice. And I wa- like 
for everybody that does leg day because there are people like there are the bros that go to the gym and they will completely just skip leg day uh-huh. and you'll tell they're like they're super jacked on top and then their legs are super skinny and so they can wear like the skinny jeans yeah um and but like i'm you know i do so like when i go to the gym not people not many people do leg day and so like when it's leg day you can just pretty much do anything you want because everybody's focused on the upper body there you so, go so i'm walking real funny lately and it hurts to walk upstairs and sit down but you know you gotta use cbd for that cbd you get know. some cbd or just some uh oh human growth hormone <laughs> HG, what hgh little hgh yeah one time I was offered HGH by some guy in a tank, and I was like, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. It was like... Uh, That's probably what happened to all of those baseball players who got popped. They were probably. deceived by some guy in a tank top. That's what I'm thinking. He was like, hey, bro, you, um, how, how often have you been lifting? And I was like, um, you know, it's, and this was, a, this was a while ago. I was like, oh, you know, it's about a you know, few months. I'm just trying to figure out what, what's, what works best for me, something that somebody would say. And he's like, oh, man, I've got some supplements and stuff for you. Uh, just come into my shop. And I was like, okay. No. And then like I saw him get in his gym bag and take definitely he took supplements, but like I was like, there's I'm pretty sure I saw like four syringes. I was like, <laughs> that's not good. But maybe it's good for him. Maybe the people he hangs out with. Different like, strokes for different folks. Yeah, different exactly. But let's talk about some spring ball, because there's a lot to talk about talking about spring, especially on the defense. Spring, uh speed D. Know, speed D. We'll talk about some offensive line there, and that's really the glaring question for the offense. You're not worried about the position players. No. Really, nobody's worried about it. And We're excited about yeah, it because exactly. there's some new faces plus some old faces that are very good. So and then it's intriguing. I mean, talk about some crew. But it's going to be good. We know it's going to be good. So, All right, well, so let's dive on into spring ball. Let's do it. Lincoln Riley is playing up the quarterback race per usual. That's not anything different than what we've had in the past. But I've had a source, and I've heard several people say um, that are in the program that Mordecai, Tanner Mordecai, is actually better than Austin Kendall, which makes me think, I, okay, that doesn't surprise me. That about doesn't surprise me. He's his, more athletic than Austin he's, Kendall. He's athletic. From what I've been told, he's more accurate than Austin Kendall. And so that's another reason why AK, Austin Kendall, would leave the program. But Lincoln Riley playing up the QB race I've been told, of course, Tanner Mordecai is very accurate. Is he Baker Mayfield accurate? No. Not many people can be. So that's basically what he has on Jalen Hurts. Yeah. But Jalen Hurts is getting reps with the ones and, like, videoing himself with CeeDee Lamb on spring break. Yeah. So why should I believe in this QB race? Or why is Lincoln Riley playing this up other than the obvious? I think it's just the obvious, and I think we can – we we have the free will to ignore that if we if we uh, feel the need to do so. I mean I I mean Hertz isn't coming here unless there's some sort of assurance. Mm-hmm. So there you go. But Tanner Mordecai, I think next year with Spencer Rattler, that's going to be a hell of a quarterback. Yeah, race. I, I think I, think I would take a... Rattler right now. But at the same time, Mordecai is going to have time in the system. So and Mordecai's no slouch himself. Like you say, he's pretty. Mm-hmm. He's fairly athletic in his own right. He's fairly accurate in his own right. He's got a pretty good arm, and apparently he's got a bit of that Baker Mayfield uh, pizzazz to him. So I mean, he just looks like a random guy off the street, though. Like at the press conference, he just looked like he had some sort of bender, <laughs> and he hadn't he hadn't shaved he, for a he, while. His name is as 
Texas high school quarterback as it gets, Tanner and he had and his his haircuts. I mean, his haircut and his face, like he he is the total package as far as uh, he looks like a character from Friday Night. Lights. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he's uh, definitely looks the part for sure. But Jalen Hurts is what is he six two six three? Can squat? What was it? I don't know. A, a lot, lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, he looks as big as some of the linebackers we've had in the past, and he definitely looks as bigger big than as, a lot of them. <laughs> he, looks, he looks a lot bigger than some of the running backs Oklahoma's had in the past. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how he's utilized. I, think I, I can't wait. I think there's a big chance that Spencer Rattler ends up redshirting next year. And oh, he'll Tan, redshirt and, this year and, Tanner, sure, yeah. well, I'm talk, and uh, Tanner Mordecai gets a year maybe, yeah, maybe. over Spencer. Maybe. It just depends on the system. It's going to be a weird balancing act for sure after yeah. this year. So, I don't know. I I mean, I feel like, yeah, like I said, I the hunch would say that Rattler would eventually win that job, but at the same time, I think Mordecai has the potential to be a star at another school. I think, I, I think that's, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way everything unfolds. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you remember quarterback Drew Allen? Oh yeah, from like Mule Shoe, Texas, or yeah. whatever. It was. I don't know if he was from Mule, Mule Shoe, oh, but no, he, he was he was, he was that, from I think around San Antonio. Lincoln's from Mule Shoe. Who, no, he's from it? around San Antonio. Yeah, he was from a bigger school, but he sat behind. Who did he sit behind? Was it? I, I sh- I'm drawing a blank. It's been a while. He went. Well, he transferred to Syracuse. It was the early 2000s. Yeah. He he transferred to Syracuse. Drew Allen did. Oh, Drew Allen. I was thinking of Noah Allen. Oh uh, no no. Noah Allen. Both of them were from San Antonio. I yeah, think. Yeah though. yeah yeah. Noah Allen was early two thousands. Drew Allen was behind Landry Jones. Landry, yeah. that's right. And he transferred to Syracuse, and people thought, oh, he might be a pretty decent quarterback. And then he immediately no. flamed out in two seconds. What do you think is going to be the process with Austin Kendall at West Virginia? I mean, you would think he would probably win that job. Mm-hmm. I know West Virginia is losing quite a bit offensively, so I feel like they're... And their head coach. Yeah. Although I think they made a phenomenal hire. I, I really do. He's... Their guy, uh, I think he's won at least nine or ten games the last three years at oh. Troy. So, I mean, and he runs a you know a modern offense. Yeah. I mean, so it's not going to be... I mean, in the short term... It's going to be tough because they lost so much from last year, but right. eventually, he I think he'll prove to be the right hire. He he's I think he's that was a slam dunk, much you, better than Texas Tech. Do you think hire, that I Austin think. Kendall is going to flame out like Drew Allen did, or do you oh, think he's going to do well? I mean, well? I, I I think he'll do pretty well. I mean, he's I mean he was a talented kid. I mean, he's again not terribly athletic, but he was a pretty accurate passer. I mean, he's yeah. clear. He you know he's learned for three years under Lincoln Riley. It's true as well. So I mean, I, I and he's going to be, be optimistic. His role probably when OU plays them in Norman this year will more or less not be to make plays on offense, but to have binoculars and looking at OU staff and <laughs> seeing yeah. what their offensive calls are going to be. All of Baker Mayfield when they visited Tech a couple times. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I, I mean, you can see why Lincoln didn't want yeah. him to go inside the Big Twelve. I mean, I mean, I. I obviously, out of principle, think anyone should be able to transfer wherever the hell they want without mm-hmm. repercussions, but uh, without having to sit out a year. I mean, and that's the way it's looking right now as well. I mean, you see guys like Tate Martell and Justin Fields there. 
I mean, who who knows what the hell they're even putting on these waivers to get uh, eligible immediately? Sure. But I mean, it, it seems like it's the days of players having to sit out a year or seem to be pretty much gone. If you're 80 Miller, you go to the transfer portal and then you you come back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there was apparently an academic issue there as well, keeping him from getting into Illinois. But uh, like he committed, they made a graphic for him and everything. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, he was, yeah, didn't work out. But I mean. Maybe he'll make a few plays this year as a senior. He he did look really good at the beginning of the year Man, with uh, Kyler Murray. I thought say that every year. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like he did anything poorly. It's not like he dropped balls or anything like True. that. To, True. Which was the case, uh, I guess, in twenty sixteen. Yes. So, and he's the one that like single handedly saved Oklahoma and Tennessee. Yeah, by drawing that pass interference pass call. Interference. Yeah. That shouldn't have been pass interference. It the ball that was been. like thrown way over the goal It was post. nearly in uh, the stands, yeah. God. But anyways, some guys impressing in camp. Let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. Is Charleston or Charlie Rambo, he's getting a shot at replacing Hollywood Brown. And then Kel Gundy specifically pointed out, I mean, and Jaden Hazelwood's in a boot right now. Yeah. And a lot of people saw an image and started freaking out. You need to calm down. Apparently not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Uh, just They do a lot of this stuff for precautionary reasons. But Kel Gundy said Trajan Bridges picking up the offense really, really fast, and he's also playing fast and seems like a type of guy that's going to get on the field really pretty early. So, I mean, what do you get from that? Do you think Trajan Bridges and, and Theo Wees and some of the young guys are going to be able to replace production from Hollywood, or do you think Rambo's going to get a legitimate shot to – be that number two guy in the field right next to CD. See, I mean, Rambo can make strides in the offseason and still potentially be passed up eventually by these guys. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised if Rambo's the starter on day one, but holding on to that gig is going to be it's very tough. tough. Oh, yeah. yeah, It's next man up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, in a... I mean, Trajan Bridges, I mean, he's sort of seen as the third wide receiver in that equation, mm-hmm. but you've got to remember, I mean, he's someone... I mean, do you see him as a slotter and outside guy? I mean, he's I as big. As a slot. Yeah, he's you know, like you said. I mean, you see him as a slot, but at the same time, he's, like he's as big as C.D. Lamb. Yep. I mean, that's incredible, and he's got the ball skills of C.D. Lamb, or at least mm-hmm. uh, has the potential to have something like that. So, I mean, it's uh, and you know, he's you know, physically he looks the part already as right. well. He so, definitely I mean, does. Yeah, I'm I'm all sorts of excited. <laughs> if you can't tell, yeah. so but, then uh, like you got to think about. Guys, like, of course, then that makes sense why they moved Braden Willis inside. Yeah. The H-back. And then you got to look at... I'm ready for that, too. I think he's going to make a lot of plays. I think he will. And then you got to look at um, Nick Basquin coming yeah. back. How is he going to get Most likely time? coming back, yeah. I mean, he. I, yeah. I, mean, I don't see any way in which they that gets turned that. down. I mean, he's, you know... And then Lee Morris, he's been trusted this, yeah. this past year, and... Where is he going to get his playing time at? So at a certain point, like I could see the whole Stoops approach of going experience over talent, but by the middle of the year, always happens after the Texas game, win or lose, they always make adjustments. Yeah. And I could see some shakeups with the freshman on the field with Jalen Hurts. There you go. I mean, that, that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching. The, I mean, I hope Hazelwood is good to go for the spring game. I really want to see him out on the field with all those other guys. But uh, even if not, he's not gonna he's it. gonna ball out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, if he doesn't, then like oh you that's uh, fine. But 
your neck hurts because you slept on you slept last night weird. Uh, just sit out the spring game. Just yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't owe us anything, obviously. Yeah. So you know, it's number one wide receiver in the yeah. He, I mean, class. get your rest, dude. Yeah, uh, heal up. Alex Grinch has been something completely different as far as what Oklahoma Sooner fans, Oklahoma, just Oklahoma media has even been approached with or seen since Brent Venables and even Brent Venables was not exactly as loud as Alex Grinch is as far as being super honest. Yeah. And he straight up said, which I thought was, I, this blew me away. I was not expecting to hear that. I was not expecting this for somebody to be that honest about their personnel. He straight up just says, OU's too thin in the secondary. That makes sense. I mean, look at the visitor list for yeah. the spring game. If games started today, Pat Fields and Delarian Turner-Yale will be starting at safeties. I'm not entirely sure how to feel about it because, I mean, I haven't seen either of those guys in the new system. But at the same time, you know... There's, I mean, I definitely do believe him as far yeah. as the secondary is concerned. But at the same time, you could see why he would want to undersell it. Mm-hmm. I mean, no point in hyping it up in the preseason right. and then letting down. So, And Patrick Fields has been making a lot of plays in practice. He's been the one. He's probably their interception leader he did, in practice. He did pretty well in the Orange Bowl, I thought, when he yeah, had to oh, go he, in he there. He did yeah, better he, than Robert Barnes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And from what I've been hearing, what I understand, uh through other back channels, is that Patrick Field is like one of the dudes thriving under Alex Grinch. Now, we could say he's thriving, but we have to also mention that there's like three warm bodies. Yeah, So he's exactly. getting a ton of reps. Yeah. So it would make sense why he'd be doing well as far as being ahead of the curve when yeah. it comes to summer. Something to consider. Yeah, absolutely. And I like Delirian Turney Ellen. I do too. He's like five foot nine. I don't like that. But he's like, 180 something 190 ish and he is looking to light somebody up like he yeah. even mentioned he's like like i feel like he's a type of person the type of defensive back safety that would light up somebody rather than go get an interception a man who has no fear exactly and he would deliver a like punishing blow and since he's so stacked like that dude is muscular if you have yeah. not seen delirium turniel that guy is like basically geo dude if you're yeah. into pokemon <laughs> he will not like cripple his own body by hitting a tight end over the middle, a la what Brendan Riley Hiles did against Kansas State. Yeah. I mean, if those are the two starting guys today, quite frankly, I'm not against it. I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's it checks out to me. I mean, I definitely like, love DTY, and if Patrick Fields is picking it up yeah. like you say, then you know, it makes and sense because I mean, Robert Barnes obviously isn't healthy right he's now, always, but he's, at the that's same time, the story he's, of his career. He's never, yeah. There's health concerns, and also he's never really been that aggressive for how big he is. I mean, True. you would expect him to be like his dad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Robert. I'm sorry if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> that we're, we said we wish more like your dad, but like, really, the story of his career because what he broke his leg at Southlake Carroll. We understand that. So his freshman yeah. year, even part of his sophomore year, we're like okay or whatever, like, makes sense. You lose some speed. Yeah. Duh. But at the same time, honestly, I think they should use him situationally in, like, 4-4 four, four sets as a box safety. Yeah. That way they bring him next down to the linebackers, like a Nick Harris, because he's too tall and body composition awkward to yeah. make a lot of plays, in my opinion. Some people might have differences in opinions. That's fine. But he's not a speed demon by any means. He's there to lay a boom. He's lay a hit, but he's 
not shown any of that ability yeah. right now. Yeah, definitely not. And so you know, Robert Barnes, he concerns me. And then you're going to get Chance Sylvie back, which... I'm a fan of him. Yeah, yeah he's definitely a guy that came in already huge. Yeah, looks enormous now. <laughs> he's another one of those guys that can play box safety. Like yeah. you could honestly, you could have like a hybrid four four. Gary Patterson does this all the time, where it's actually a four two five. You have three safeties and two cornerbacks, and you have one top safety, which might be your most reliable one. Um, in this defense, you probably don't say the word reliable and safety in the same sentence. You haven't in. Since, Since the early 2000s? God, I mean, when's the last reliable safety you had besides Tony Jefferson? Was it, is it Tony Jefferson? And Gabe, even he wasn't. Gabe you know, Lynn wasn't bad. Gabe, Gabe Lynn was fine. And, you know, Tony, he was generally fine. But, I mean, he he had his moments where. Steven Parker never lived up to the hype. He was generally good, though. I mean, yeah, uh, he was, yeah, he was where mean, he needed to be, yeah. but he never made any plays. Like, well, significant plays that we were like, wow, that's what a four and a half, five star should do. He made some like big impact plays, obviously, but yes, I mean he, he uh no, he he never looked like a physical specimen right. out there. But uh yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah, probably Tony Jefferson, I would say. And Tony Jefferson is the kind of guy to take your head off. He's not yeah. a center fielder, he's not that Will Sunderland type that they were recruiting for a while. He's the Tidy Armin, Jeremiah Cordell sort of guy that they're recruiting right now. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I love Diarman too. That was a great gosh, late pickup. I like, I that like was that. so. I mean, I. Well, do you hear the story of how that worked out? A little bit, yeah. It's basically just like he had all the Arizona State stuff waiting for him at his at his you know his little ceremony, and Link comes through and then like Link literally slides in the DMs. <laughs> hey, what up? <laughs> We got some spots. How pissed do you think Herman Edwards was about this about this whole thing? Just um, just Im- imagine Herman Edwards in your head. You play to win the game, this, bro. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> but his coaches, as soon as Ty's like, Ty's not stepped on campus. Yeah. He's got off. He's got offered a little bit and had. He wasn't offered. He was like, oh, we got your eye on you. Yeah. And oh, he was like, oh, we're gonna take some extra DBs, and. Link slides in the DMs like, "Hey, what do you think about this? Take you on a tour as soon as you as soon as you sign all this paperwork." <laughs> and uh, Ty says, "Well, straight up, yeah. Like, I'd rather be at Oklahoma than Arizona State." His coaches go to like the nearest Dicks or the nearest like finish line or whatever in the mall and buy like three as many OU things as they can, like ASAP to make that work at his announcement. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, he's another guy who's going to lower the boom on people, yeah. and he's pretty athletic. I mean, he's he's a white guy athletic, <laughs> like, like Trevor Knight. He's white guy athletic. Like Trevor Knight was athletic, though. I mean, he definitely was. Like he I can mean, probably like you put him in a gym with a basketball, he could probably dunk it. Oh yeah, I'm sure he could. Like, I think he could. What like, is he like six one? Uh, about six one, six one and a half. Yeah, he can dunk. I bet he can dunk. And he should. I mean, if he's a safety, I would yeah. hope he's got hops. Yeah, but Grinch, he's been very honest. And how do you feel about that approach in comparison to Mikey Stoops? Like and from a public Brent perspective, Ven- oh, are you yeah, talking like, about? Like because Mike Stoops, Brent Venables, Bob Stoops, they had Fort Knox approach. Yeah. Like you will see nothing. We will have guards outside of practice. You will hear nothing other than it's team effort. Oh, we're getting better. And Alex Grinch comes in hot like, bro, they're not buying into the system as much as we want them to. They're working at it. 
Also, we're super thin. These guys would be our starters today. That's something we have not seen I have from a coach. zero issue with it, by the way. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, it's, I, I mean, from a fan perspective, you got to love it. From a media perspective, you've got to love it. I mean, it's... I think when, you know, obviously the bad moments are going to come, and you don't want to just hear coach speak when that happens, if you're a fan, or if you're a media member. I mean, I mean, it's going to, that's pretty much going to appease everyone. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think the players are soft enough that they can't deal with it, so. I think it's true. And I think just from media perspective, fan perspective, it's good to see somebody being pretty honest with you. It's good to see, like, you feel like you're not being bamboozled in any sort of way. And at the end of the day, if the crap hits the fan, you can say, well, I literally told you we're thin in the secondary. That's why I say, yeah, I mean, th- there's a reason. He, he has a motive to undersell. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a decent strategy. So, I think I, think I, th- I like the approach. I, I, anything to get away from Mike Stoops is good That vibe. Me. Yes. <laughs> that that energy. And the players are buying into it. Yeah. And they, they, they say Norwood was noted as saying that when they're in practice, you know, they take them up a notch. They'd make them, they feel like they make him do things that probably they weren't capable of doing, which just sounds like some miracle worker, <laughs> other than just like making them a, being held accountable. And Trey Brown said that, and that blew my mind. Did you hear about that? It's a pretty big indictment of the previous regime defensively. Really? really big. Because if they're not scrambling to the ball, Trey Brown says this, and it blew my mind, and I was like, what the hell was Mike Stoops doing? <laughs> because like Trey Brown says, oh, no, you don't, you don't want to mess up on this, or oh, no, you don't want to do that, or you want to follow Grinch because I'm not trying to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to the sand pits and work out. I'm not trying to do <laughs> rolls. And he's like, and Trey Brown said, you know, it's just different things like that. And we were like, wait a minute. What you just told us, what you just said is there's accountability on the defense. What the hell was Mike Stoops doing for the last however many years? Like screaming at you and making you maybe roll after practice or do extra like something. I don't know. But that was concerning to me. I'm now very curious about that, actually. I was yeah. pissed. I was yeah. just as like because you grow up and you're like, oh, yeah, they're working and so hard. And the thing is, we let that fester. I mean, oh, you yeah. left that fester for so long. Oh, who specifically let it fester? You... That's a, that's the question. It's Bob Stoops. <laughs> Bob and, you know, other people who enabled it. So it's not just Bob Stoops. Not just Bob, because they had to, they had to do things according to optics and how things looked from the outside yeah. and donors and certain people in charge that are no longer in charge. They have to cater and answer those people. Yep. At the same time, killed the vibe. Yeah. And made it very hard to recruit. This is why I am so much more optimistic coming into this season than I have been in several years. Yeah, about the defense? Like, yeah. I expect, do I expect big things of the defense? Not necessarily. Do I expect them to be fully functional? Yeah. I <laughs> think... I'd or, expect them to be in the top half of the Big 12, at least. Like Grinch saying... Which would probably be adequate. Yeah, definitely. Like, 5-1, to one, I'm cool with anything. Like, if they get to, like, a 3-slot, as far as Big 12 ranking the defense... Yeah, oh my Pumped. god, exactly. And by Grinch saying, like, to them specifically, oh, you're not making the tackle, I guess you don't want to wanna play for me. I'm like, okay, I like that mindset, because, oh, you couldn't tackle a damn army running back 
for days, it seemed like. They couldn't tackle a Kansas running back for days. It was befuddling. And they almost lost to Army, which turned out to be a pretty decent squad. Kansas made it sort of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was, I, for, I keep forgetting that. They ditched, the, they ditched the pass and just started running the ball, and OU, like, it's like a pinball like, machine. Like, what? Like, just kept on bouncing off of guys, like, oh, there he goes, and he's like, only a freshman, so We good. left that game at halftime and went to Logie's to watch the second half, and, you know, I was a little gone at that point, obviously, but, I mean, people would keep tapping me on the shoulder and, like, hey, we're only up like four points or 11 yeah. points or whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. Then the next day I actually watch it and I'm like, it's like 60 holy to... shit, this was actually kind of in doubt a little bit. Like, I mean, not really. Yeah, but like 60 to 40 something. 40 points it was against like, Kansas? What was it, 42-30 the final or something like that? I thought it, I thought it, you put 60 on them. No. Nuh-uh. Am I like... Hold on, I'm going gonna, gonna, to gonna, gonna look it up. All right, you look it up and I'll continue to talk about stuff. Okay, sounds good. I hate Mike Stoops. I do too. <laughs> but so let's talk about another defensive coach. While you're looking that up, um, Brian Odom, fifty-five forty. Oh, fifty-five forty. There you go. Okay, so close. We get forty, 40 points. To fucking forty Kansas. points. Man. I mean, come on, man. And they scored like oh man. They, I think they scored twenty-one in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Ugh. And the same thing, Baylor. It was that that one might have been the sixty-forty game. But, yeah, I mean, oh, you made a lot of plays defensively, at least. And at least Baylor, I mean, Baylor had a ton of weapons offensively as well. I mean, those receivers were so good. Jalen Hurd and Denzel Mims, I mean, they were, a, I mean, that was a phenomenal group of skill players. I, mean, I don't like Matt Rule. Back too. Let's see. Matt Rule looks like a pasta shop owner. So, yeah, 66 33. Thank you, Drew. My Drew mom. is uh, staying on my couch today. He's from Houston. He's driving back from Nebraska H-Town. and he's uh, he's waving at us and showing us the phone whenever we say things that are inaccurate. So my mind he's, isn't too dull. Yeah. Yeah, 60 to 30 something. That's good. Thank you, Drew. But Brian Odom, linebacker coach that. Former said, OU running back. Former OU running back. Former, former Iron Man. I think he went to. Uh, uh, he he was an Oklahoma kid. Ada Cougar. Ada was he Ada? Yep. Um, With Jeremy Shockey. And then oh, and that's when he transferred to he transferred to Southeastern. That's what it was. Right? One of those schools, yeah. Yeah, down in, in Durant, Oklahoma. Yep, that's that would be the one. And he, I remember the the hiring process was weird. Like, oh yeah, he said he's going back to Missouri. Next thing you know, like, oh Brian Odom accepts a position yeah. at OU under uh, Alex Grinch. So linebackers coach, freaking loves. And the news out of camp is. Freaking loves Deshaun White. I like him too. So, oh, I love Deshaun White. He needs to play the mic, and we need to let uh, uh, Kenneth Murray play the will. Well, so got some more updated stuff. Go for it. So, because I thought for the longest time since last year, oh, they should be playing Deshaun White, especially when Kenneth Murray got hurt. Yeah, and Deshaun White came in for those like two series, and we were like, hey, I don't mind this. <laughs> like he can diagnose. What it's supposed to be going on? One He's great sh- thing that Tim Kish did was get to Sean yeah, White really. to campus. That's the one like, thing he can diagnose what he's supposed to be doing. He can diagnose a run. He can do the run fits. He can cover ground in the back. He knows, you know, he can cover the pass. He's athletic enough uh, laterally um, to do what he needs to do. Yeah. And I thought for the longest time, oh man, Deshaun White is going to be the Mike. You're going to have Kenneth Murray, who was supposed to be a Will coming into OU. And they said, oh, John Michael Terry's banged up. 
just let's practice you at the mic, and he just never relinquished that position. Yeah. Turns out he's more athletic and versatile than than John Michael Terry, so they just kept on playing him. And I kept on thinking, Kenneth Murray's going to play Will. Kenneth Murray's going to play Will. That's what he was bred to play. He's big. He's fast, athletic, running downhill. He was at a camp. Deshaun White is going to be competing with Caleb Kelly at the Will because Kenneth Murray, they are super high on him coming into camp under Grinch's defense, playing the mic. Well, okay. That's, are, I mean, are you sad about that? Because I when I, when I when I found that out, no, I mean it just makes the picture a bit murkier, I guess. I I read it via text message, like what's going on, and I'm just like, you gotta be shitting me, because my theory of like a year and a half is just like down the toilet. I mean, there's a lot of things to say about Caleb Kelly at the will. Obviously, he has trouble fighting off blockers. Trouble fighting off blockers. You know, I I mean, and his main thing is like rushing the passer. Yeah, that's what he's good at. And now all thinking sudden, Ryan Jones at the same now. I mean again. Yeah, I mean he seemed to be confused half the time last year. So, and during the Texas game, I liked his athleticism though. I, I, I do. Yeah. I love. I love the upside of Ryan Jones, but I mean maybe it's not physical enough. Maybe he'll figure it out because during the Texas game, Ryan Jones sealed off every single time. That's why Ellinger was getting to this boundary. Yeah, like nothing. It was again. That's where they make the decisions. Oh, we're not going to put Ryan Jones anymore. We're going to put Caleb Kelly in there. Yeah. Okay. But so, Brian Odoms loves Deshaun Deshaun White a lot, like a lot, a lot. We could be looking at another Curtis Bolton situation. Deshaun White's playing a position that he knows how to play relatively well, and they're going to look at Caleb Kelly and see, you know, bro, you know, where we're going to put you again. Yeah. And that's been kinda, extremely frustrating and disheartening. Oh, and you got to imagine for him, right? For him, because he's such like a good guy, and he has a great work ethic, mm-hmm. and he's a great athlete. He just doesn't fucking fit anywhere. And oh, he fits some because like after you ap- think he fits at the Sam. I mean, he fit he fits the Sam well, but you need to figure out a way to get him on the field. Yeah, that's the issue. Yeah, being exactly. In the Big Twelve. If you're playing in the Big Ten, wouldn't matter. I mean, you watched him against Auburn in 2016. He was the best player on the field. I mean, he was incredible. And then watch him against an SEC offense; he would be great. The I mean. second half of this season, when Ruffin came in and just said, "Screw it, we're not going to play Nichols, Buki. You can play kickoff coverage." They just played base D, like their version of a three-four slash four-three, and had Caleb Kelly out there guarding, you know, slot receivers. Yeah. Did it work out the best? Nope. Not, not at all. all. Not always. But was the defense tougher in making tackles, more tackles? Yeah, they were yeah. much better at stuffing the run. And he was, Caleb Kelly was instrumental in, in, in beating Texas, and he was instrumental in beating West, well, definitely instrumental in beating West Virginia in Morgantown. And you need to get him on the field. And I get it, like, just straight up eye test. You probably don't have that much to go off of. Who's more talented, Caleb Kelly, Deshaun White? I mean, I, I guess Caleb Kelly. I mean, he's a bigger guy. Should be by experience, yeah, right? Yeah, and by experience as well. I think Deshaun White's more athletic. You think so? I do. Well, more athletic, but I mean, as far as I mean, size obviously comes into play there. So I mean, that would be an issue. I would say Caleb Kelly obviously has the. But Bolton was like so much smaller than Kelly. Yeah, and he just straight, flat out beat him for the job yeah. for the will and kudos to kelly for pointing that out because they're like oh he he was banged up he had a surgery he did he couldn't be full go and that's why he lost the job to buzzy and then caleb kelly comes out and says 
no, bro, he just beat me fair and square. There's nothing on that. That's what that. it seemed like. I mean, and he just he just took care of business, and it was it was cool. But you know, my theory of Kenneth Murray playing the Wills seems like it's out the window for now. Doesn't mean they're not going to revisit in the summer or the fall, but for now, it looks like it's going to be Kenneth Murray at the mic, um, and then Caleb Kelly and Deshaun White battling it out for the will. No, what are you I, thinking about Levi, like backing up uh, Kenneth Murray, you thinking? Levi's being used in lots of, like, they're throwing that dude everywhere. Yeah. They're throwing him in Mike. They're throwing him in Will. They're not throwing him at Sam, but they're testing him out in the middle. Uh-huh. I would foresee him transferring this year. It wouldn't surprise me. You think me. so? Oh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. He's not going to get playing because the big thing that he was happy about, he's getting a ton of reps this right now. Uh-huh. He's getting a ton of reps. But the biggest thing that you know Brian Odom brought was clean slate. We don't know how well you play. We'll still figure it out. And if they're still, from what I'm told, are still favoring Brian Meade, over Levi Draper. Is that what's happening? I mean, holy shit. That's a problem. That's a huge problem, yeah. And that's kind of what's happening right now. Well, that makes me sad. I mean, he's an Oklahoma kid, Collinsville. Yeah. Everybody wants him to succeed. Everybody wants Justin Broyles to succeed. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants Trey Brown to succeed, and Trey Brown is succeeding. Yeah, but Pat Fields. Yeah. yeah, Pat Fields too. Yep. So, I mean, the linebacking court, it's a good problem to have where you have talent in a lot of places. They're just trying to figure out where it goes. And unlike other regimes, you trust the one that's in place now to figure out what he wants to do with this defense from a skill set point of view. That's how I feel about it. What are you thinking about the Jack? Jack backer slash rush end. Or whatever right? you want to call it in this defense. Yeah, I mean, they call the, it. The equivalent of they, the Jack. They call it something different every time because – like like we've said in the past, it's gonna look the same as a Mike Stoops defense a lot. It's yeah, the three four. It's I mean, gonna yeah. look the same, and you can call it a rush end. You can call it the Jack backer, whatever you want to do. That's one hundred percent Ronnie Perkins, guarantee. You, you think so? Guarantee you. I think he puts his uh, he puts his hand in the ground. I think there's gonna be plays where he put does put his hand in the ground. No, I'm thinking like you think he's gonna be on the line. line? Yeah, I think he's gonna be on the line line. Um, I think in this new defense, I think definitely. That depends on Jalen Redmond. Yeah, absolutely. I and hope. I mean, if he's ready, it's got to be him at the oh, Jack, right? Definitely. Yeah. And you've got him, and but then you think about the attrition of what's going to happen with Nick Benito, what's going to happen with Mark Jackson. Yeah. What's going to happen with those dudes like that? Um, Laron Stokes is a name we're not talking about right now. The community college guy looks like a beast. <laughs> you know. He's gonna get some snaps at that Jack Rush end. Yeah, and he's gonna be a guy that reminds you kind of of Oboe as far as they're gonna put him in a lot of situations. Yeah, he'll be stand up. Ronnie Perkins, he's gonna be stand up. He's gonna have hand his hand of the dirt. He's gonna do a lot of things. I Ronnie Perkins is one hundred percent your Jack Becker Rush end right now. Okay, I'll hold you to it. Like that's that's exactly what it's gonna look like because it'll be. It'll be Ronnie Perkins, Neville Gallimore. Um, you'll have Tyrese Lott, maybe, in you there. You think so? I do think so. And then, of course, Kenneth Mann. Yeah. But, like, those two middle tackles, the nose tackle, not so much, but you're going to see a lot of Dylan Famatau. Famatau. You'll see Q Overton. You'll see a lot of guys in there. They'll be able to switch guys out. 
You wish you had Addison Gums. Fuck yeah, you wish you had Addison Gums. I mean, he was going to be a baller. I he mean, was, he, he would be playing where Ronnie Perkins would play, and Ronnie yeah. Perkins would probably be taking over what Kenneth Mann is doing. Oregon right State's now. getting a hell of a player. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch him there this year. I mean, like, just after watching last year, you really needed an Addison Gums. Like, you needed an Addison Gums. But, yeah, absolutely. So, let's, let's talk about this. Calvin Thibodeau, he is not as open as, he's not as open as Alex Grinch. He seems like he's definitely more like he's been under Mike Stoops too long. Talking about all these weight losses that have been, that have been talked about quite a bit. And he's kind of underselling it. He's yeah. saying like, oh, they're not that big. Even though Neville Gallimore did lose 30 pounds. Yeah. It's on the roster changes. It shows up. It checks out. Is this something legit? Is this something illegitimate as far as like, oh, we're playing down the weight loss? Or is this somewhere in the middle? Like, what, what, what should we think about Calvin Thibodeau? playing down the weight loss as far as his defensive line is concerned. I don't think it was only Calvin Thibodeau playing it down either. I mean, Grinch was sort of playing it down a little bit. Ish. Lincoln was kind of playing it down a little bit as well. I mean, I, I'm i not sure what their motivation is for it exactly, but I, I don't think it's just Thibodeau from what I've heard. I mean, he was the one. He was most outspoken about it, I believe. I think, okay. I think, well, it's his position group, so yeah, maybe, exactly. I don't know. What would be the reasoning behind that, other than just like tempering expectations? I think that would be it. <laughs> I think I think it's. I mean, it's it's about underselling it. So you mean they undersell, drop, overperform? They drop thirty pounds and they're not running four three forties. There you go. <laughs> Neville Gallimore's running like he dropped thirty pounds. He ran like a four seven the other day, four eight. That's unbelievable. That guy, he's he's incredible. Freaking moving, but he's he's always, he's my nominee every year. He's always been a workout warrior. We get a. Peisman nomination, uh-huh. SB Nation blog does. He's the nominee every year because someday he's going to have a scoop and score. I'm waiting for it. And it's going to be a Peisman moment, and he's going to end up in New York for the Peisman and get the pie or whatever the fuck it is. And I I, I, I would die of happiness mm-hmm. if Neville Gallimore, Big Canada, won the Peisman. I'm officially starting this year's campaign right now. Every single year. We talk about it though. It's like, oh, the light, the light's coming on for Neville Gallimore, and sometimes it does, and then and he, sometimes he, it does. He flashes during the season a couple. Sometimes times. he gets hurt. He flashes during the season a couple times, and you're like, oh man, like I think he's turning into what we thought he was going to be, and then all of a sudden it's not at all what you thought, and then he gets hurt, like you said. Yeah, uh, it's just really frustrating. He does show flashes though. I mean, he's a, he's a talented guy, so. Who's the biggest X factor on this defensive team or defensive line? Uh, not named Jalen Redmond, because he is, of course, the X factor, and he's played like eight snaps. The but, X factor's got to be Gallimore, like you were talking about. I yeah. mean, if he can find a way to, uh, I mean, I guess with the weight loss, they're expecting him to be more agile and get mm-hmm. around blocks and stuff like that. If he can do that, if he can create dis- disruption up the middle by doing that. Mm-hmm. That will make things easier for the other 10 players on the field exponentially. I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to say Kenneth Mann. Okay. I love Kenneth Mann. Because when they went to the one-gap scheme with Ruffin, people thought Kenneth Mann, Ronnie Perkins, they're about to eat. And 
that did not happen. Nope. And Kenneth Mann, they went to the 4-3 or some version of it, and they said, you know, one-gap scheme, you got one man to beat, we'll see it work. And he's a more of a traditional 4-3 defensive end. And he just, nothing really came of it. Not quite. And, you know, he's a captain, and this is his senior year. So I'm going to say he's going to be a big X factor. Can he rush after the quarterback? I believe Ronnie Perkins, he's going to look good. Uh, you'll definitely see a jump from him. You'll see jumps from Tyree Slott, even though you didn't really see him before. Neville Gallimore will be improved. If you don't see a jump from Kenneth Mann, defense, speed D, might have some problems on that side of the ball anyways. Uh, that's my X factor. Of course, Jalen Redmond, if he's healthy and if he's good to go, then great. But he, he's been doing everything with Benny Wiley, but he hasn't been practicing with the team. Yeah. And that's the most concerning part. Speaking of Ronnie Perkins, we're going to have to get Allen on here to debate with you. He is so convinced that Allen or that uh, Ronnie Perkins is going to be in the Amani Bledsoe role. Oh, you think so? He thinks so. So, and you were dead set on oh, Jack I'm, Backer. I'm dead set on Rush End. Yeah, we need. Let's let's have him on sometime this summer, and okay. you two can duke it out. We'll see what happens in summer practice. Okay. I'm just saying, from what I know from spring practices, Russia in 100%. Okay. That's where they're playing him? Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> but and, and Yeah, that, that's what they've been saying for a few weeks, but I mean, it's... Uh, but you also get the chatter that, you know, is he going to stick there? Exactly. I mean, I, I don't, that's I don't the think same he is. Notion, That's the same notion with Kenneth Murray. Yeah. Like, oh, is he going to play there? You know, he's learning a lot, but Kenneth Murray, like, well, his thing was, after the Georgia game, oh, I've been watching a lot of tape. Okay, well, you've been watching a lot of tape. Are you learning from the tape? Are you applying that to the field? Yeah. And it didn't show his sophomore year. So, like, he can work hard all he wants in the field, but if you can't find the ball still, yeah, put the man on the weak side, let him go find hunt the, hunt the head of sweeps and stuff like that, and let Deshaun White diagnose the place. Perhaps the lesson defensively from everything we've discussed here regarding position changes and stuff like that They've got a new coordinator. They're feeling things out. Mm-hmm. Everything that we're seeing right now, we probably shouldn't trip about it. From right. from, I mean, we will because we're on a fucking podcast, so we right. will trip about it and we'll dissect it and we'll uh, unless it's just the current and, and we'll safeties. we'll you know we'll make broad generalizations based on it. But yeah, in a week it could change. There's a new defensive coordinator. There's right. a new regime. Because this is we'll Alex, probably be saying different things next week when we record. So this is Alex Grinch's, you know, his first view of the defense. Yeah, and he I has think yeah, the lesson here is there's no limited, permanence. He has a limited amount of practice to see what the hell do I have, and that's what they're looking at, right? He's yeah. like, all right, I've got like you know, 16, 17, however many freaking practices it is. What the hell do I have in my meeting room? Holy shit, we are paper thin at safety. That's a problem. We have two cornerbacks. And you have Buki, who is supposed to play cornerback, but is more suited for nickel, I guess, in his defense. You've got Trey Norwood, who's played significant snaps, which they might try to get him at safety for some odd reason because Parno, he's been working at nickel, though. Parno, hasn't he? Yes, yes. Parno Motley and Trey Brown, those are your two starters. Yeah. And I'm super adamant about that. And so now, where do you put Trey, where do you put Trey Norwood? You're going to stick with him at nickel? What's that mean for Buki? Exactly. He's uh, not a safety. Yeah, as oh, much, he sure as shit much not a as Ruffin wants to say, as he much is. as Ruffin wanted him there, I mean, he, it's and not Ruffin his decision anymore. And Ruffin didn't want him there, but it was the nature of the beast at the moment. Yeah, 
he 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 acted offended at the. I think it was yeah. George Stoyer's question yeah. about uh, you know, would you consider him at nickel or corner? And he was like aghast. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he was playing it up, but he was. Yeah, he's a safety. Okay, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you say to that? Not a very good one. So I wanted to chime in there. But. Is there a defensive player that we're not talking about right now that's going to see significant snaps during on Saturdays this fall? Crudell. Jeremiah Crudell. So. You, think yeah. he's gonna, yeah. you think he's going to have, like, if you were to say a former player, what kind of impact he's going to have? Oof. I don't know because I don't I don't know that he'll necessarily be a starter mm-hmm. on this defense because because right. I mean this defense is returning so many contributors like nine I think he'll play a lot and I think he'll make a lot of big plays but I don't think he'll necessarily start because like you were talking about with Patrick Fields apparently yeah. he's adjusting really well and apparently uh, you know DTY we like him too obviously yeah. so does and Jeremiah Cradell have more Tony Jefferson or Stephen Parker in him Tony Jefferson How do you only feel because that? he's never played so I'm going with upside here. <laughs> How do you feel about that then? Because like Jeremiah Cradell comes in bigger than a lot of other yeah. defensive backs, and it doesn't hurt that he's from modern day and they have yeah. a great strength and conditioning program. And he's more that Tony Jefferson mold. Yeah, you know, rock him, sock him, kill you over the middle. Less Stephen Parker cover corner or cover, you know, backfield, and less hopefully Will Sunderland where you just steal things from the backfield. I just lost my train of thought, sorry. <laughs> Headington Hall. But let's talk about some offensive line stuff because, like we said, position, like skill positions, we're good. Running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. You feel comfortable in, relatively, for the most part. And see, offensive line, I think generally offensive we line. feel comfortable with that. But at the same time, there's so many unknowns, and it might not – it might take three or four games for the uh, dominance to kick in. I mean, that happened last year with a really experienced offensive right. line as well. So, you know, if they're good to go by Texas, we'll be fine. It always I mean, happens it, it, after it does. Texas, yeah, it, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's true. They, they, I mean, that line uh, had a rough time with Texas in the Cotton Bowl last year. So, I mean, it's uh, – but, I mean – with Bray Walker mm-hmm. working out at guard, I don't know how permanent that is, but yeah, no, I mean they're just they're tinkering around. They're just throwing things around. When I think about the offensive line really coming together and the offensive line really just making changes, yeah, I think of when Josiah St. John was at right tackle. Uh huh. Remember the Texas game? He would tip off the defensive end and linebackers, whether it's pass pro or, or yeah. run block, yeah. just by his right foot. Yep, blew my mind. But so Riley and Beatenbo, they've been super candid, candid about the situation, just like Grinch, which is again really different from previous years and regimes. Uh, you know, Beatenbo's talking about you know they've had bad days, and they're still learning. They're having better better days. The thing that gets people was Lincoln calling it a really interesting situation. He's like, oh yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. It, well, it is an interesting situation with uh, Creed Humphrey not playing exactly. this spring. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's all guys who have never played before. So I mean, it's it. You know, Eric Swenson's been in the program for a little bit, but yeah. I mean, he's and he was a Michigan commit, and then yeah. Harbaugh was like, yeah, no, we're good. No, and <laughs> yeah. then, so he went to OU, and then so like you said, offensive line shipped around daily. These are like Tyrese Robinson, who is a guard. He's been a center a lot. Yeah. 
and then he's and he he's quoted and he's like yeah there's so much you have to do and there's so much I learned from being at center and it's so much more difficult than me just playing my man and then you've got Adrian Ely Bray Walker also being at guard which is not their natural position at all especially Daryl Simpson at guard too yeah I it's mean. just too many like just throwing bodies in there and then Eric Swenson I guess he was hobbled a little bit going into spring, but yeah. now he's been playing tackle, and they've been giving a lot of extra snaps to Ely at tackle too. Yeah, so they've kicked him back out to tackle for sure. So, but they're still trying. They're still trying Bray at guard, and I, you got to think Proctor's in the mix somewhere. Oh, absolutely, he will at be at guard. So yeah, he's capable of playing anywhere, but guard is the shoe in. It seems like. I mean, so is it possible that they're thinking, hey? Let's get Ely at left, Proctor at Proctor at left guard. You get Creed at center. Put a, a couple of road graders in. A's. Bray at Bray at right guard. And you think okay? You think Bray will stay inside at right Bray guard? Bray and Swenson because Hayes has also been at guard. Yeah, and he's the he's the road grader that they Big love. Time, yeah, he's, he's huge, wide. Yeah, huge. He's guys gonna maul and run blocking. And, but they like Swenson at tackle too. It wouldn't at all surprise me to see Hayes at right guard and you kick out Bray at right tackle. Yeah. Now with Swenson, would you could you imagine sort of like a Jonathan Alvarez situation at center last year where Swenson maybe starts the first two or three games? <laughs> been, uh, you know, everyone knows, uh, bro. That that Alvarez situation pisses yeah. me off. So you think? Hard. Yeah, but you think it might happen again with Swenson at yeah, tackle? You don't think it will? Not at all. I think I because I think Lincoln along with Beatenbow. I think it was if it was any other position group, it'd be probably a little different. Uh-huh. Um, because here's the deal. Creed was a true freshman. Yeah. Well, he was a redshirt freshman last year. What? Oh, that's right. He was. You're right. So, see, Bray Walker is a redshirt freshman this year. That's why I'm, That's why this is my line of thinking. But they're not, they're not centers. Because a center it has to be like one of the that's smartest true. guys that's on the true. offense. And, he, and, that, and I'll tell you why this entire Alvarez thing pisses me off a lot. Because Alvarez, remember... He just quit football in yeah. the middle of the year. He's like, oh, I've had injuries, yada, yada. I get it. You, you, you respect that. And anytime he's in there, guy's getting blown off the ball. Guy's getting blown off left, right, whatever, getting whatever, run right through. And then anytime, because for a while at the beginning of the season, didn't they split snaps, him and Creed? Yeah. Yeah, Alvarez started, I mean, the first few games. And I mean. then Creed would come in, and like it would look somewhat better as far as pass pro. Yeah. He was definitely better in pass pro. And, you know, Creed takes over. Like I said, he would. I thought Creed would start the season, but, you know, they gave him I, I assumed so, too. I mean, I think everyone assumed it was going to be Creed to start the season, but. And then Creed takes over. It's like, especially after the Red River rivalry, you know, and you're thinking, wow, this is when the offensive line really starting to punch the people, you know, down and beat them up. Yeah. And then shortly after that, Alvarez dips out. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? So, like, Alvarez, was was he just a placeholder while Creed could learn all the calls? And so you threw out a guy with all these injury histories of, like, knee things and concussions just to buy time for Creed? 
If that's the case, that's it, I mean, obviously a bit am of I reading eyebrow too much? Am I reading too much into that, or like, because that I, I think it's a legitimate question. I'm not saying that's a slam dunk, but I mean, it's it's something worth bringing up at least. Because I'm just like, hold on, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy's retired to injuries, and he started three or four games for you guys yeah. and played several minutes, and all of a sudden, oh, it's all Creed because now he knows all the calls. Yeah, that it just makes too much sense, and it pisses me off. Like, this guy's, like, retires for injuries. Yeah. I, it blew my mind. Anyways, offensive line, shift around daily. Uh, Proctor, he's going to be a guard. Yeah. I mean, the coach has promised him a guard spot. Yeah. And, and I think he I, I think he would do well as a starter in this system oh, as I think, well. I mean, I he, think he would. I mean, do have, you, have you watched the highlights of him against uh, South Carolina? I've, I've looked at film from him, just at Virginia in general, because they, they flipped him from tackle yeah. to guard, and he looks better at guard. Anything else. He's got long arms. His, his game against that South Carolina defensive line at guard was phenomenal. Yeah. He, he gets he, to the he second was, level was, easily. That game alone, I mean, it, it's that was probably his best game at Virginia, and it was uh, that alone would give you hope that he could be a starter in a very high-level right. starter, like maybe a you know all-Big 12 caliber player. Of course. I mean, that was definitely a big... That was one of the biggest recruiting coups of the offseason. I mean, was mm-hmm. getting him. I mean, that was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of speaking of offensive line, did you see that terrible April Fool's joke that Stacy yeah. Wilkins yeah, Stacey put out? Will, yeah, I... For... Okay, I see this, and I'm thinking, oh, God, this is... You know, this is an April Fool's joke. And then I, I made the mistake of reading the beginning of it instead of the, the end, end of it. Yeah. So I start reading it, and... You know, it's this tweet from Stacy Wilkins saying that uh, he's leaving Oklahoma. Yeah, thanks for everything. And, guys. Yeah, thanks for everything, guys. And uh, you know, obviously at the very end, he's like, uh, "April Fools," because I love Oklahoma Boomer sooner. And that uh, I hate April Fool's Day. Yeah, I, of course. I hate it. I was I was thinking because I didn't even read anything. I just saw I just saw a tweet. And I saw "Thank You, Oklahoma," you know, from the the unenlarged version of the of the attachment. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And then it's the worst holiday of the year. And it's like, "Oh, Boomer Sooner, love you guys." I like, I hate that. Don't I, do, don't I, do that. Yeah, I don't like it. It's the worst. Oh, well. so, it was funny in hindsight, but I just don't like it. Yeah, well, it's funny day. in hindsight, but I'm just like, "Come on, bro." It's the annoying uncle of holidays. True. It's not True. good. Don't like it. So, Marquise Hayes. Total road grader. He's wide. Like, the dude's wider than... 340. Overton. Big dude. Bigger than Overton. Yeah. And I expect him and Tyrese Robinson to be in, like, a... Maybe not even just, like, a position fight, but maybe even, like, a literal fist fight to see who wins that job. Who would you take there? I mean, I mean I'd mean, i take Hayes, but, Hayes. I mean, Robinson is, like... How tall is Robinson? He's, like, 6'2", 6'1". He's, like, 6'1". He's like He's uh that low center of gravity. I mean, he he's true. He's I don't know. I think Hayes has a wrestling background. I don't think that, I don't think Robinson does. I'd give it to Hayes then, obviously. Of course. Yeah. And but like he's a guy that him and Tyrese Robinson are going to com- be competing in camp cuz Proctor's not coming to OU unless he's guaranteed a spot. Yeah. It's that simple. Uh now if he loses that spot halfway through the season, okay, we make that makes sense. Don't think he will. We've seen but, that. Yeah. We've seen that, but I don't think he will. But why do I think this offensive line will completely fine? Will be completely fine. Although, like you're plugging in, 
I oh, mean, because Richard the pieces are a because the pieces freshman. are there. The pieces are all there for success. You have Bill Biedenboe coaching these dudes up, and you've got to remember most of the guys who are expected to uh, contribute are redshirt sophomores. Yeah, who have been in the system for a bit and are yeah. physically ready and are mostly mentally ready. They just need to be out on the field a bit more. Yeah, and then it'll all be fine. And. I mean, this is a group that has a higher upside than the line we saw last oh, year. God. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, you which go is from, scary. You I go mean, from Juco guys and three and a half stars to some transfer in Juco guys yeah. to four, four and a half, five star. Yeah. And like, if what we've been seeing from an offensive line standpoint from Bill Biedenboe's classes with three and a half star, Cody Ford was a three star by yeah. rivals. He was committed to TCU. Oh, oh you flipped him. And you turn him into that at yeah. right tackle? Uh, uh, pretty much a surefire first rounder. Like, I mean, God, what are you going to do with four and five star kids? Adrian Ely, Bray Walker, who long was like, live Bill Biedenboe. Oh my God. I mean, I mean I, I'm fine man. with giving him all the fucking money. Yeah, I mean, pay him any sort of cash he wants. Make him stay. He is like, to, who's more important to this Oklahoma offense? Kale Gundy, Bill Biedenboe. Biedenboe. Of course. Yeah. Kale Gundy, I think. Well, no, to the program in general, Kale has a huge impact recruiting wise across the program. So, and Kale is, you know, he's an OU lifer. Yep. Love Kale. I, I, I do hope he gets an opportunity someday yeah. for a bigger gig. But, and, you know, I think he, he's obviously not like an offensive mastermind right. or anything like and that. He wants but to be a coordinator, though. I think he would be a great head coach at a mid major. Yeah. Like, I think he'd be a very good face of the program. The back channels every year suggest Kale's interviewing and yeah wants a bigger position, but and you just, can't blame him. He, just he, he has given so much. He's given the majority of his life to the University of Oklahoma. Yes, he he owes and this university his, nothing. Maybe else. his arm for a sleeve tattoo, winning <laughs> all those <laughs> yeah. Big Twelve title games. Let's see how many. I'm going to go check right now how many retweets he has. I don't think he's going to make it to that fifteen thousand. The, the last time I saw it was like nine thousand, which is disappointing because they came out with that graphic. Yeah. And Hanson came with that graphic that said, hey, Oklahoma's number one in the Twitter sphere. That's awesome. And I think I think, I think it's about 9,000. I'd be surprised. It's, a, it's a, just a shade over 9,000. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I'm surprised he didn't put a time limit on it, though. Good call. He should have. Let's bring it up again before the season starts. Because yep. it's, it's dead period right now. It's like, well, it's dead period as far as nobody's playing games. Yeah. Not even the Alliance of American Football is playing games. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> they're, they're cooked. But... uh you Vince bring it McMahon back up, is pumped. You bring it back up and fall. That's an easy 6,000 retweets. Oh, yeah. Definitely. 100%. So, here are your starters for game one. Just left to right. Okay. Left. Let's see. I'm going to start from center, actually. Let's okay. go Creed Humphrey, obviously. Easy, easy. C for Creed. Ooh. Um, as far as, like, left, right. <laughs> um, left guard, let's go Proctor. Okay. Right guard, let's go Hayes. Left tackle. Ooh. Mm. Let's go Bray Walker. I think he wow, kicks back out. Really? Yep, I think he kicks back out. Uh, and right tackle, Adrian Ely. I'll agree with 100% with you, except I'm going to flip the tackles. You're going to flip the tackles? All right. Um, yeah, I'm going to go left is Ely. They like him there. I, I don't think they like the lateral speed 
Bray has. I don't think the I don't think they like his his first step. Okay, gotcha. In pass pro, uh, but left I agree. Proctor, Creed, Hayes, Bray. Now again, that's a hell of an offensive line. <laughs> big ass offensive yeah. line. They're big, and all of them have long ass arms. Yeah, all of them. I mean, I'm incredible. So I mean, I'm excited to see them play in the spring game, barring no injuries. You know, uh, TCU. Did you say they canceled their spring game? Yeah, and it makes sense. Like, oh, that's more injuries. They have like forty available players because they're bringing in they're bringing in twenty summer enrollees. So that's twenty of the scholarship players right there, and then like twenty guys being held out with injuries, including. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, you. Why the hell would you play a spring game anyway? Right. And it's not like TCU draws big crowds for spring games or True. anything like that. So People it's just want to see like what's his face catch a long pass. Yeah. And they're doing construction at their stadium as well right now. So at M and M- G, yeah, oh, I like that stadium a lot. It's a good by the stadium. Way. I really like and it. It's clean and there's it's, lots yeah. of nice looking women. Absolutely, yeah. It, and it's uh, on oh, their Mercedes. It's cool. It's like a mix of young and old in the stadium. Yes, like as is. far as the uh, the stadium itself. Like I mean, they have the old grandstand on one side. Yes, yes. And then they have the side with the uh, with the luxury boxes and all that stuff. Oh, it's it's, great. A, it's a really cool stadium. It, it, the people are nice as hell too. Hey, I mean, it's a private school. Eight seventy percent of them are. I think. I think I looked at it when I was doing grad school stuff of like, you know, you know, Wichita State, TCU, yada yada. Where am I gonna go? Looking at demographics, it's like seventy percent TCU female. Really, seventy percent. That's like Florida State. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, because, Drew's giving the thumbs up from the couch back there. So yeah, yeah it's seventy percent is female, and like I would say. Roughly eighty percent of those females drive very nice cars. Yep, and the same percentage probably blonde or brunette. Yeah, I mean, tough to hate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's good to be good at school. It's a nice school. school. It's a. I mean, they they party too. I mean, oh, it's yeah. a like I was at a tailgate before the game. It was an eleven o'clock game. You know, we were we got to tailgating around probably eight thirty, decent hour. So, and it, I mean, it was definitely fun, and I had. I'm trying to think, the other time that I had been to TCU, it was the night before the OU BYU game at Jerry World. Oh God, I was at that and game. I, the only detail I will give you about that night is that I lost my cell phone, lost my iPhone. Nice. And use your imagination from there. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely a fun night, but an expensive one. In hindsight. But yeah, TCU not having a spring game. They they just said, Oh yeah, our last spring practice, that'll be our that'll be our spring game. And I saw a poll today that said, you know, all the college football Twitters, but this one has a pretty substantial amount of followers. They listed Gary Patterson and Gary Patterson and some other coach over Lincoln Riley as top coaches in the country. In Gary, the country, not oh. not the Big Twelve, just the country. Do you think Gary Patterson is a better coach than Lincoln Riley, and just in general? No, I think over. No, actually, no, not at all. Yeah, is Lincoln Riley the best? Hell, Lincoln Riley oh, has was, more Big Twelve champions. Than it was <laughs> Gary Patterson and Mike Gundy, and no Lincoln Riley. No, no, no sale. How? How do you get? See, that? both of those guys are fantastic coaches, and they're obviously. good guys. But Riley is coaching circles around everyone in the Big Twelve right now. Like and he's out recruiting all of them as well. I mean, I mean, it's you know, Gary obviously Patterson, he's yeah. expected to out recruit TCU course, and Oklahoma State, but I mean, you know, 
Riley's a wonderkin. I mean, yep. he's like you know, Gary he's, Patterson comes in with his vaunted defense. Like, oh yeah, best defense in the Big Twelve. He's given Riley no trouble. <laughs> I mean, Riley I mean, puts it, up fifty on him yeah, several I mean, times in a row. He's like I mean, it's like glorified, super amped up backyard football is what I think Gary Patterson called it. Yeah, I mean he's not far off there, and I respect the hell out of Gary Patterson, even though he sweats a lot and looks like he goes to swinger parties. But you know it's yeah, that's all weird, huh? Yeah, I always tweet out that photo and people get weirded out by it. The picture of his head photoshopped onto George Costanza's body on the couch, like with the underwear on. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's a weird photo. I tweet it out all the time just because he sort of strikes me as a skis ball. Yeah. But he's, a, by all accounts, a very good man, obviously. But yeah. he, I get a weird vibe from him. I don't know. I agree with you. I feel like he's vibe. up to no good. He's a man with secrets. Especially when he's putting out hits on Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. You know, there you go. So let's talk What's about his name. Ty Summers. Ty Summers. Ty yeah, Summers. He was the Bounty Gate guy right there. He was. Let's call it Bounty Gate. But Bounty Gate. so let's talk about a little bit of recruiting. And let's do it. This one is actually from last cycle. This guy, Derek Green. So let's talk about Derek Green's story. His he commits to OU. He commits to Ruffin and Thibodeau, and then he's in the fold. Everything's all good. Next thing you know, he says, "Hey." I'm going to go kill people for America. I'm going to fight for the services. People are like, all right. Thank you for your service, son. Thank you for your service. You know, um, God bless you and your family and hope you're safe in the future. Next thing you know, he comes out and says, Oklahoma's fake. I'm going to go play it, man. You know, it's almost as if he had no intention of joining the military. It's, you know, it's. Well, he's a Commodore. Well, there you go. Yeah. You got to say. That's one way to look at it. Son of a bitch. That would be a fun place to go to school, though. Oh, man. Nashville's Nashville. a bomb. I love Nashville. But, like, that entire situation, when he came out and said, like, he goes into Vanderbilt, okay, whatever, go play in the SEC, go get, go win five to six, five, six games. But don't go out and trash. Like, why would you burn that bridge? Why would you come out and say that? He could have phrased it a lot differently. I mean, he you know he's like, oh, it wasn't what was advertised. Well, they got a new defensive coordinator and they yeah. changed their scheme. Like, I mean, what the fuck were you expecting, man? Uh, why do you think all these four-star defensive backs are decommitting right now? Do you think it's just because like, oh, OU sucks now? No, Alex Grinch is straight up like, yeah, hey, bro, we got guys that are like five inches taller than you and twenty pounds. Go heavier. look around, yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, Jalen Huff isn't choosing to go to Georgia Tech because it's a better option. Exactly. Because you've got it's guys. Because it's the option. You've got guys like Ryan Watts, who's a cornerback. Yeah. 6'3, 187 pounds. Cornerback. I'm on board. I'm on board. That guy's that guy plays like that guy plays outside linebacker OU two years ago. <laughs> like for real. Yeah. So, I mean, that entire 
aspect of him just like trashing like oh it's it's not what it, what it, we thought it was like okay you could have just, just said you know what i made my decision um it's not what i thought it was say please respect my decision like everyone it. else yeah, says. exactly not say as w- oh it's fake it's not real yeah like what are you doing bro odd like, thing to say i don't know especially for a guy going to vanderbilt you expect him to be a little smarter than that right yeah there you go it's a pretty prestigious institution great school Vanderbilt's uh, built the railroads, if I'm not mistaken. They did. Yep. They did. Yep. Drew's giving me the thumbs up. That is true. <laughs> yeah, he yes, went. He's is. an engineer. He knows, and not like a train engineer, <laughs> but he knows trains. So a little more recruiting for 2020 kids. Lincoln Riley sends out eyes, and he mentions it as the big one, and people automatically go to like two four seven. They're recruiting services because they have crystal balls, and they're like, oh, like let's see who's trending this way. And just so they see, oh, wow, holy freaking crap, Kendall Milton is the last guy that's had like five OU crystal balls in the last whatever. Five-star kid, running back, amazing. I'm here to tell you. Little Joe Mixon mold there. Very Joe yeah. Mixon mold. Like, the burst of speed is immaculate. Like he, It looks like he's even with the guy, and next thing you know, he's gone. But he's also big. He's big, but he's fast, you know? Good hands. Are they as good as Joe's? Likely not so much. But Joe Mixon-esque to me 100%. But I'm kind of here to tell you to maybe rain on your parade. I think you should take the word big a little more literally literally than figuratively. And we'll talk about that. But thoughts on Kendall Milton, first of all? A beast. I mean, if you can bring him on board, if you can bring Tyree on board, if you could do that and then somehow keep McClellan in the fold, mm-hmm. you know, we, I mean, it seems like for the last two years, we've just been waiting for him right. to make a move. But I mean, it hasn't happened. And I mean, he seems to be high on Oklahoma still. So, I mean, it's, you know, if you could somehow pull off bringing all three of those in. That's the equivalent of last year's wide receiver class, but at running back, essentially. What if I told you Jason McClellan may be looking around at a Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... it's. He's not like, was it Jeffrey Carter that got a flat tire on the line? Yeah. But what if I also told you that one of the current running backs, highly touted, good friends at Brendan Riley Hiles, IMG, Looking around to transfer because he's not getting playing time, so that's why they're looking at three running backs. Ah, uh, neat. You know? Yeah. Because he he's going to get limited snaps. Ramondre Stevenson's coming in. Yeah. He's definitely going to get snaps. Yeah. He's a monster. So you're looking at Sermon, Brooks, Ramondre Stevenson, Pledger's odd man out rotation. Yeah. Unless somebody gets hurt. And as we've seen this year and years past, it's happened. But is he going to get significant playing time? Because when they were down to just Kennedy Brooks, and you still weren't seeing and Pleasure. Pleasure was Pleasure wasn't all the way healthy, but he was healthy enough to play and help. But Kennedy healthier Brooks, than anyone else. Kelsey I mean, Brooks, uh, Kelsey, or other than Kennedy, Kennedy Brooks, Brooks, gets 30, 30 snaps. So odd man out. Yeah, you know. So it's quite possible they bring in all three running backs if possible and say, hey, you know, because I think Chris Tyree's an all-purpose back. Yeah. Uh, kind of in the pledger mold, I mean. Probably a little better than pledger, though. They can use him in a few different aspects if they want to. I mean, they could 
put him at cornerback. I don't care. Like, no, he doesn't fit the mold. He's not tall enough. He's like, yeah, exactly. yeah not in this defense. Uh, but, you know, Kendall Milton, Jason McClellan, and Chris Tyree are all guys that you, of course, have won. I think, what, aren't they? They're all – McClellan's a four-star, is he not? Five. Is he five? Yeah, so he's a five. five three, well, five it depends on the kids, service, but I think he's, yeah. he's a uh, – He's a composite five-star. Five. Yeah. And so Kendall Milton reminds me of Joe Mixon 100%. Now McClellan, he's a little bit different. He's a little more speedster, but he's he's pretty lanky. Yeah. He's physical, too. Physical. I mean, he's got some physicality to him, too. Very strong. I would say McClellan is DeMarco Murray, too. And, of course, I'm talking this in, like, hyperbolic is like the yeah. highest ceiling. He's a little ceiling. shorter than DeMarco Murray, too. Like, He's about 5'10", isn't he? Yeah. yeah. McClellan is the DeMarco to Milton's Mixon. And I've argued with several people on talent level. And I'll get your thought on this. Let's go in tiers of talent for Oklahoma running back since 2000. Okay. Top of the line is Adrian Peterson. Yeah. He's top tier. He's the only one standing in that tier to me. Okay. Second tier. Do you put Joe Mixon? You probably put Joe Mixon, maybe. I think talent-wise, I mean, Joe Mixon, as far as overall skill set, I would put him at number two, probably. And DeMarco's in there. DeMarco's in with there. With his injuries, I think. At his best, I would put Rodney Anderson in there. So that's what, I'm, that's, that's what I argue. I think Rodney People. Anderson is the most physically impressive back. And I, I'm, I mean... This seems like sacrilege to say, including Adrian Peterson. Wow. I mean, he's he's bigger than Adrian Peterson was. He was like 230. Mm-hmm. He was taller than Adrian Peterson. AD was like, what, 6'2", 6'1"? Yep. yep. Rodney's like 6'2", 6'3". Mm-hmm. And I mean, he can jump out of a pool. Can jump out of a pool. I, I, and, I mean, Rodney also, I mean, he was great in the passing game. AD obviously never really developed yeah. that school. He never really had yeah, to. Yeah, that is the he game wasn't like to. that. He didn't even have to in the NFL his first eight years, but And that's why he didn't survive in the Saints. I would still give A D the edge. Yeah. But Rodney's way, 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 way closer than most human beings to Adrian Peterson. <laughs> I argue with people all the time about this one. Rodney Anderson. Is he of the same caliber as Joe Mixon? At his best, yeah. I think so. He was just as good in the passing game, I think. I think Joe Mixon has better hands. I think yeah, I would Joe say Mi- so. Cause yeah, I yeah I, okay. I'm going to change my answer. Yeah, Joe Mixon, he was a better route runner, too. Better route runner, better footwork guy. Rodney Anderson? Both could high point the ball really well. Rodney Anderson's game. a one-cut guy. Yeah. Like, you look at Saquon Barkley, and that guy, he's got cuts for days. Yeah. You look at Rodney Anderson, he makes that one cut. And he just flips into fifth gear. That, yeah. Because that, that's, all, that's all he does. He's yeah. not going to juke out anybody. Yeah. Mixon, the dude's got moves. Yeah. At a big back. He was he looked top heavy just the way his pads were. He was AD's size. I mean, he was. So, and, you know, DeMarco Murray, God bless him, he was too hurt to ever figure out what his ceiling was. Yeah. Probably, I mean, he was. If he's healthy for the 2008 game, he'd probably win the national title. Yeah. Absolutely, but uh, I would. I mean, if I mean, as well as he recovers from injury time mm-hmm. after time, I think he'll have a good career in the NFL. Yeah. And the fact that all three injuries are different is also encouraging because it's James not like Connor a situation at Pittsburgh. Yeah, 
where he gets the right system like the Broncos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One cut guy, catch balls. Put run, him on the Chiefs. Hard. Oh, gosh. Put him on the Chiefs. I'm a Chiefs fan, so I'm biased. But him in that offense, holy shit. That'd be good. Oof. And Blake Bell, hey. Blake Bell, yeah, there you Cheat go. to the Chiefs. Yeah. Today. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, only, I guess, three hours from his hometown of Wichita. Yeah, so. not bad. Yeah, not too bad. What's your, what, what was the school? Bishop? Bishop Carroll. Carroll. Bishop yeah. Carroll. So here's some notable names for the spring visit. We talked about two of them already. So one of them is Akinola Ogunbayi. He's an offensive lineman. He's the guy that we might be talking about earlier in the podcast. You can figure it out. You're smart. Chris Tyree, running back, of course, uh, five-star kid. And then I'm going to list off these names and tell you what they'll have in common. Bryson Washington, Major Burns, Lathan Ransom, Jacoby Covington. I think Lathan Ransom wins the – or maybe Major Burns wins the name competition. Oh, Major Burns Major wins Burns. the name competition. <laughs> well, especially if, you know, he gets run past and yeah. you know, – Breaks off, you but know. I mean, you could refer to his speed, Major yeah, Burns. Major that Burns. could be the thing. There, it would be a better name for a wide receiver, I think. But Major it Burns would. is still a very good name in general or for a fast could, human being. You could easily see it going the wrong way and be like more like Major Burned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. All these, all these guys I just listed, defensive backs, all our safeties. They're all four-star kids. All of them are six-two, one-eighty plus. Woo. Big safeties. Alex Grinch's, you know, vision is going to be at the spring game. They have a lot of defense. Do you think guys. Covington can be a corner though, potentially? Covington plays both. Yeah, I think he could be. I think he could be corner. Um, but just talking about what Alex Grinch wants. Yeah, they're like, dude, bro, we are stuffed to the brim at corner. Yeah, we need safeties. But that doesn't mean they wouldn't shift shift him around. Yeah, and. Ryan Watts, like we said, said earlier, this guy's bigger than half these safeties. Yeah. At cornerback. 6'3", 187. That's bigger than Aaron Colvin when he said, I need to get bigger his senior year when he was like 6'1", yeah. 184. Yeah. This guy comes in at 6'3", 187. So I was thinking the other day, names like Cortez Johnson. Ooh, yeah. PJ and Banasaur. Ugh. Big bulky guys that never made it on the field of Mike Stoops' system. PJ might have been a baller in this system. That's what I'm saying. Like Because these are guys that you look at their tape from high school, you look at their stuff from 7-on-7, seven seven, physical at the line, pressing. Were they allowed to do that Mike Stoops' defense? Nope. Hell no. But you look at a Cortez Johnson, you look at Parrish Cobb if he's not driving Ironically, cars. he came here because of Stoops, the Arizona connection. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. He was he was a part of the yeah. Stoops thing. Yeah, Cortez Johnson and, was. You know, just they're just outgraded because they're not smaller and faster. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, would Cortez Johnson, PJ, and Banasaur, Parrish Cobb, if he's not robbing people, <laughs> twice, twice, <laughs> probably would more they times, all be really successful in what Alex Grinch wants to do. Maybe there were some other underlying factors. You never know. True. I mean. Maybe they're... But the frame is certainly there, Yeah, the there, frame right? was certainly there, yeah. Because I, was, I just keep on, like, hearkening back to it. And then I, look, I sometimes look at the rosters in comparison to the year 2007, 2007. And I look at a lot what I looked at last year was linebacker. I'm like, okay, 
This linebacker is six foot three, two forty. The guy playing that position today is six foot one, two eighteen. What is going on? Of course, it's <laughs> a difference in scheme, but at the same time, like Alabama doesn't seem to have that problem. But then yeah. again, that's why they're five stars and it's Alabama. You it's can five stars backing up five stars. That's Alabama. speed. It's... You can still maintain that speed to being it that big. Yeah, it's impressive. But out of this group, what's most imperative to Alex Grinch and what's most imperative to getting a commitment out of this next Saturday, the 13th? Out of this group? Out of this group, because these are the most notable names I pulled from here. Well, safety is obviously a priority, right? That comes to mind. Yeah, with right? the, I mean, and you know, Covington is someone who seems like he's on the cusp of making a move. Mm hmm. So you can't blow it with him, and I, I think his upside is tremendous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's go with him. Scottsdale kid. Yeah, I'm just going to – man, I'm going to say Ryan Watts is pretty big. Just because he's so good, <laughs> partially. A, just because he's so good. Yeah. B, he starts day one. You think so? No question. Because – Wow. You know, he starts day one. Just because he fits that mold, he too. He fits the I mean, mold yeah. 100%. He's going to play the style of Grinch as I was already playing. Yeah. We want trees. We want physical trees. We want guys that can get their hands up. And something that Grinch is going to teach the defensive backs that this is legitimate. I don't know if you know. I'm sure you do. Kerry Cooks and them, those folks, they were not teaching their guys to look for the ball in practice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could hear people screaming from Oklahoma City. They were if you were in the stadium it. in Norman, I mean, saying, yelling, turn around. The entire state was yelling, turn around, like, ten times every Saturday yeah. in the fall. That was not a part of their practice routine. Yeah. It was, you're going to, and I hate it when people do this. I hate it. You're going you're gonna to man up and guard bodies. You're going to face guard, which, that's why your turnovers are at an all-time low. And you don't get the benefit of the doubt on of pass interference calls either. So Yeah, if you're face guarding, if you're like this... Facing the guy, you are face mask to face It's not mask. per se illegal anymore, yeah. but you're going to get called a lot. Especially in the Big 12, where you throw the ball a lot. In the SEC, Big 10, probably doesn't matter as much. But in the Big 12, when your quarterback's slinging it 30 to 40 times a game, and you're face guarding 30 to 40 times a game, that's 15-yard penalties up and down the field. It's too easy. It's too easy. So Ryan Watts, this guy comes in, already 6'3", 187. Let's say by the time he's a freshman... Six three and a half, one ninety two. Oh my god! Run support. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's gonna kill people in in response to like Trey Norwood, who's six one, you know, one eighty, soaking wet. Trey Norwood, I feel bad for him. I mean, sometimes. even some of the bigger defensive backs that have been recruited in recent cycles, like Miguel Edwards. Yeah, you no, know, he's he's five eleven. Yep. He's been looking good. Practice. I mean, you think. I think maybe he would have a shot in this system. I mean, at the same time, you see them looking at guys who are 6'3 and 6'2 yeah. for the future, so where does a guy who's 5'11 fit in? Maybe he fits the mold a little bit better than some of the guys who are currently and that's, in the fray, but where does he fit in the future? I mean, it's a kind of a weird... He's in a weird gray area there. That's why we all stare at Buki right now. <laughs> yeah. For real. That's why we're all saying, like, oh my God, what's going to happen this, this, this fall? Yeah. Like, what's going to happen with this guy? We don't know. And if he's still kickoff duty and he's not nickel, him and Pledger are out. Yeah. 
and those guys are both from IMG. Yeah. They came together. Weird world. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting process. Um, but that's all I've got for recruits. Do you have anything for recruits? Nah. All right. So let's talk about... <laughs> so it's Wednesday. By the time you guys hear this, it'll be Thursday. And by that time, it's almost the weekend. you have any weekend plans? Well... It's looking like it's going to storm. I'm going to be covering the baseball games on Friday and Saturday down at Mitchell Park. Uh, Kyler Murray's throwing out the first pitch on Saturday. We might be having thunderstorms, though, like I said. So who the hell knows what's going to happen with baseball as far as scheduling is concerned. So that could throw my entire thing out of whack. But uh, I don't know. Friday night I might hang out in Norman. I'm not sure, just because I'll be down there covering the baseball game. And then Saturday... Night, probably nothing because I work at 5 a.m. out mm. on the well. So, funsies. So, yeah, <laughs> no, no going out drinking on Saturday night because of that. So, I think I'm gonna go see uh, the movie Us again. Oh, yeah, Jordan Peele. Yeah, I went and saw it pretty last, good. I went and saw it last Saturday. <sighs> Man. I still haven't seen Get Out. Okay, so that's, that's what I was about to ask you. Get Out is a, of course, anything Jordan Peele does these days is metaphoric, like yeah. mind benders a little yeah. bit. And Get Out is super racially, racially charged. It's really good, though, yeah. metaphoric. It's one of those things where you have to watch it several times, I yeah. understand. Same with Us. Us is not as racially charged as it is politically and socially charged and it's a much more of a thriller and horror film than get out it's get, get Interesting. out get out it's like a mystery kind of thriller this one is like suspenseful thriller kind of horrifying at some points uh-huh. but again it's one of those things that right after it you got to go and google all the metaphors and see like what the hell's going on and see it a couple times I really don't go to movies very often you don't want to know you want to know what the last movie I saw in theaters was what is it Dunkirk me. The, oh my gosh. The, you want to know how long it was before that since I saw a movie in theaters? Which movie? It was Captain Phillips. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and before that, it was like, I think, American Hustle. I, I, haven't so. seen, you know, I haven't even seen either of those movies, but I know how long ago they came out. Yeah, exactly. Dunkirk was a great movie. It was a visual masterpiece. I know American Hustle was pretty good, and uh, Captain Phillips was pretty thrilling, I thought. Pretty good. Yeah. But, I like Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks, good, good, good. But other than that, this weekend, like, like we were talking about when I walked in before we podcast, is that you know I've got a, I bought a home. I'm becoming an adult, which is terrifying. Hell yeah, that's, I'm not an adult yet. It's terrifying. Yeah, that seems terrifying. Like signing a loan agreement for a house, like I'm stressed out. It, it, it's a way of, I mean, kind of like signing your life over. It's pretty wild. Yeah, like, and I'm I, not meaning to trip you out, but I'm 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 gonna like do what dads do now what, what do dads do i wouldn't know Besides, well actually i dress kind of like a dad so i know a little bit but are there like such thing as because so, there's mom jeans are there dad jeans too? oh fuck yeah there are dad jeans i don't really wear dad jeans but they kind of turn into dad jeans because my dream jeans kind of stretch out yeah so they're kind of like dad jeans now but like I've what, been known, dad, no, what I, do dad jeans look like i don't know but I, I they're definitely coupled with um new balance shoes new balance shoes yeah definitely totally. new balance new shoes um Trying to think. Definitely what's called... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Drew's got some New Balance shoes. He's got the dad thing going, but... uh, I'm going to start parting my hair in different directions. Yeah, that's what I do. It's because your hair starts thinning a little bit. Oh, true. It's true. Yeah, see, 
Mine's I, I'm hiding it pretty well, but it's starting to thin a little bit. I'm about to. Uh, I bet within a year I shave my head, just because. It's just gonna happen. I don't just because if, if it thins a little bit, I I just get that Rogaine. I have the Rogaine. Full disclosure. See, Rogaine, the results kind of vary. And you have to use it every day for the rest of your life. Oh, no joke. That's a financial commitment. That's not, that's not a one-shot thing? That's not a one-shot thing at oh all. You do it, you're supposed to do it twice a day for like the rest of your life. And if you stop doing it, you lose the hair that you kept. Then what the hell's the point? To keep your hair for as long as you can. <laughs> that's that's too much it's dedication. It's expensive. Yeah, exactly. I'm about to just say fuck it and just not do it anymore. That's too much dedication. Yeah. Like I might give a fuck meters running dry. I'm 30 now. I'm starting to give much less of a fuck. So like that's more dedication than it is to like just laying seed in your in your yard and having the grass grow. Yeah. That's a decent metaphor, but yeah. for the rocade for like Yeah, uh, man. Uh yeah. What else do dads do? I guess I could tell dad they, more dad jokes. They they have a riding mower. Riding mower. Um, they uh, watch World War II documentaries. Oh, I'll, I'll wear... They watch Brand of Brothers in the Pacific. I'll wear uh, really stripy polo shirts. There you go. Yeah. My, my, not my dark-colored jeans. My light-colored jeans yep. with those brown belts that have any loop you can make. Mm-hmm. And uh, what shoes do they wear besides New Balances? Uh, penny loafers. They penny wear loafers. some of these. With the yeah, white socks yeah. like I'm doing because yeah. I, my pride is all gone, so I'm wearing white <laughs> socks with loafers right now. But uh, something I wouldn't normally like do out in public, but I'm in my apartment, so screw it. But uh, yeah, these kind of shoes, <laughs> loafers. But adulting to the max is it's 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 weird, man. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. But so yeah, we have I have an I have an inspection on a house on Friday, and then so I'm just gonna be anxious until then. And then Saturday, probably I'll probably hang around Norman too. Hell yeah! Um, Watch a little basketball. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. The problem is that one of those games involves Texas Tech, and another one involves Virginia. So I'm rooting. For I don't want to watch Tech. either of them. I'm rooting for <laughs> I mean, Texas Tech just because of the style of play. I mean, I I can't. I hate Virginia style of play. I do too, but Texas Tech, like their fans, fucking suck. They're, <laughs> they're, they're awful. Horrible. I don't want them to have any satisfaction. Like, like anytime they come to Norman, like any if, fan base. If you base, mention them in the tweet, you won't you won't even be disrespecting them in any way. Yeah, they will come in your mentions like you think you're better than me. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like I mean, it's just the, a, an enormous sucks. fucking god. Their weird, weird, weird hatred for Trey Young. Yeah, I don't is get it. scary. I don't, like I don't it, it's, I mean, it's it's like cultish. It, it's odd. They're an odd crew. Out of all of the fan bases that I've had, I wouldn't say pleasure, but I've had the the opportunity of meeting in Norman for any football game or basketball game. They are the most like vile fan base I've ever met. Yeah, they're yeah they're. It's West I Texas. Would say, so I get it, but I would say shit. pound for pound. They're, I'd say pound for pound, they're the most obnoxious. Overall, I would say LSU, just because there you have more numbers. True. true. But uh, who's the nicest fan base in 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 the Big Twelve? Bra- well, in the Big Twelve, it's, it's probably, probably Kansas or Kansas State, right? It's probably, probably TCU. Think TCU. I'd say TCU. Yeah. It's it's hard to say because a lot of people like Oklahoma State fans because they're nice to people when they come to their place, but True. they're not nice to Oklahoma fans because they have their inferiority complex yes. and all that. 
See, most people outside of the Big 12 think that Oklahoma fans are just wonderful and very hospitable. Oklahoma State fans would not say that at all. Oh, that makes sense. Fans within the Big 12 would not say that at all. They think we're arrogant. So it's, I mean, it's all about perspective as far as that kind of sure, thing is concerned. Sure. But in my experience, TCU fans are great, but I've heard people say otherwise. I love I mean, the people K-State have, fans. K-State fans are annoying, though. They can be really annoying. Because every time I go to a K-State game, like, there's always tailgates, and they're pretty hospitable. Yeah. And there's always, they're, like... They're, they're good fans. K-State fans are good fans. There's always the old people that bake kind of, the cookies that they yeah. eat, and they're wonderful old people. Yeah, they're, like, they're... They're a very good fan base. Half their fan base looks like Bill Snyder. I'd say Iowa State too. Iowa State uh, has really good fans. I like Iowa they have really State. nice fans too. They're classy. Because like they're They're a little whiny with basketball, yeah. but generally they're pretty good. They're, and they've got a good program up and coming. They're about oh, to yeah, lose, they're absolutely. gonna lose their head coach eventually. It, it's the big third board. largest football stadium in the Big Twelve. Yeah, people, at this don't, point. people don't realize yeah. that. They've got a There's a lot stadium. of uh stadiums that are clumped together in that like Around sixty thousand range, I think Iowa State has like sixty five thousand, something like that. Big ass board, yeah, big ass board, and uh, I guess the Boone's about sixty. I think uh, Texas, Texas, around sixty. Mm-hmm. West Virginia's is around sixty. They're all kind of clumped in there. I think uh, Kansas State's only like fifty. Yeah, I think West Virginia is like fifty seven or something like that. Yeah, it's like high fifties, but like in, in Kansas and Kansas State are both about fifty. Kansas puts about a ten thousand fans in their stadium, but like uh, when basketball season comes around, they put more in there. And then Baylor, I guess uh, Baylor and TCU, they're both about forty thousand. Yeah, but uh, they're both very nice, yeah. nice oh, stadiums, super nice. I don't like Baylor fans. I would definitely not put Baylor fans in that category. They're uh, no. they uh, they got a little lippy when they got good momentarily. I think so they've, they've been humbled. Yeah, they've been humbled since then. But they don't, you know, the North remember ugh, the North remembers. So, Game of Thrones coming up. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about that like crazy next week. Oh, because the day after, spring game, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones bang. Yeah. Best weekend ever. It's game of Thrones, the spring game, NBA playoffs start, the Masters. It's going to be great. So, if you had to place a bet on one to three characters, because I don't believe it's just going to be one person standing, if you had to place a bet... Let's go from let's go in descending order um, of most likely to least likely, but one to three. Who are your last three characters standing? Game of Thrones by the Iron Throne. Last three, based on like an interview with the guy who plays Jamie Lannister. Apparently, he's not the last person standing, but he's close to the last person standing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put him in the top three. Okay. Um, I think he's going to kill Cersei. Yeah, I think so too. I think the I think the I think the ties to Kingslayer to Queenslayer are too obvious, but at the same time, sometimes that makes me think it's too obvious, yeah. so it won't, won't happen. Exactly. See, that's how Game of Thrones works. Yeah. And and there's rarely poetic justice in Game of that's Thrones, correct. too. So, but you know what? I've been thinking this for a few years. The people involved in the Game of Thrones have been ignoring the populace the entire time. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a popular uprising, and they're going to melt down the Iron Throne. That would, that yeah. Would, yeah, yeah. Haven't heard that theory yet, have I, you? I've there not you go. Heard that theory. Oh my god! I wonder what the odds are in Vegas on that. They're, that's probably not even on the board because it's to, so fucking stupid. Going to fly to Bellagio tonight. <laughs> yeah, there do you some go. Dumb shit. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride with that one just for the hell of it. Okay. Because if I'm right, then I look like a genius, and if I'm wrong, then 
I'm wrong just like yeah. 95% of, 99% of the rest of the population. Right. So New season about to pop up. Who's the first major character dead? Uh, let's see. Theon Greyjoy. You think Theon? I think he's going to get killed pretty quickly, yeah. <laughs> what about Tyrion? That's a wild card right there. I, I don't know. He's too... Then again, I've said so many times, oh, this person's so important to the show, they couldn't afford they to kill this Ned person Stark's off. They killed off. Ned Stark immediately. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Catelyn Stark, who was a pretty important yeah. character. They had the Red and Wedding and killed like Red half wedding, the stars. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Bran, ooh, I think Bran's going to be ooh. around for a while because he's the three-eyed raven. I don't think he's going to make it to the end. You don't, yeah, I, I, I don't know. He's got a good chance. Uh, I think Hot Pie, maybe, in the top three. <laughs> Hot Pie. Uh, Hot Robin pie. Aaron. Uh, <laughs> I hate that weird titty-sucking kid, man. It's weird. <laughs> so weird. I want to throw him through the moon door. Yeah, make him fly. Make the bad kid fly. Oh, make the weirdo so fly. I'm, I was so happy when they killed Baelish. See... I was glad they killed him, but I wanted there to be more ceremony about it. I right. wanted them to like drag him through the streets naked or some shit instead of just like quickly cutting his throat. That's so unlike his character, though, right? Like anywhere he's just been like, "Ooh, sneaky, sneaky," yeah. you know. And then all of a sudden, like, "Hey, isn't that right, little finger?" And yeah. He's like, "Oh sh, what?" And then, like he like he's like pleading to Sansa. see that part of it was great but just the death itself should have been more Arya Street grandiose Arya comes up done that's the end of the season that's a know. very Arya way to Peace kill out. someone though yeah. she's not gonna like make a big production out of it she's just cold blooded Arya's gonna get with that Baratheon dude uh yeah I think that's right I think that's true and I think so hopefully we see Cl- Clegane Bowl I wanna see Oh, that'll happen. That'll definitely happen. I swear to God, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to burn down whatever set HBO has. I wonder about Jorah Mormont. I don't know. People hate on Jorah Mormont. They act like they don't love hearing him say the names of places and people. He that I mean when he, he says things so cool. But he's got like a weird old man boner for Di- for Danny. Yeah, he it's does. Creepy. He just he should have died with the grayscale. Hmm. He's like, oh, I love you. I, I, don't worry about some. I'd have a banana. Like, it's so <laughs> weird. Like, I just want to ditch it. The entire, the, his entire plot line. I don't know. He, the, his first, the first like few seasons, he was basically the equivalent of Dexter's dad on Dexter. True. Which is a weak character. That's why I think people didn't like him. I don't know. So, one but last- I did like hearing him talk. He's, He's got a, a good cool voice. talker. One last thing before I stop talking about Game of Thrones. What happens to Grey Worm? He dies. I don't know. He's I don't give a fuck he, about Grey Worm. Oh, I love Grey Worm. I don't like him. I mean, besides the fact that he's a eunuch. He's boring. And, like, he's got a hot girlfriend, but he... See, I like, I like girlfriend, but I don't like him. Masande. He's lame. Oh, how did, okay, one more thing. How do you feel about Melisandre? She's a good character. Like... The entire however many seasons, they're like, oh, wow, this is an attractive redheaded woman, and she does magic. That's cool. Red lady. And then that one, I think it was, I think it was season, I think it was the first episode of that season, she takes like her enchanted necklace off. That was the worst nude scene ever. And then like you see she's like super old, and you're like, ah, what the, what's going on? This is the weirdest thing ever. 
So, like, she gave birth like a demon baby. is all weird. That was odd. Yeah, she's had an odd life. She's lived a life for a sure. A long life, yeah. She's seen Yeah, a long shit. life, apparently, yeah. Who knows what she, she's done before Stannis. I don't know. But, uh, good rat stuff. <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. She's definitely coming back into the picture. There's no yep. question yep. about that. Her, She's going to be with Jon Snow somewhere, and they're going to make a decision. I think... I think HBO is going to give the fans what they want. I think Danny and Jon Snow are going to be standing at the end. Is I, that what the fans want, though? Like, I do I, think ugh. that's what they want. Ugh. But I don't know in what capacity, though. You know, it could be them standing at the end. But everything in Westeros is totally fucked. Ugh. You know, boo. I don't like that. But I think that's a. I think that's a prime candidate for what's probably going to happen. Hope not. Danny's weak. I don't know. The Khaleesi. I'm not a big fan of her. She she's, lets, she's, I mean... She lets her emotions get to her too much. She's like, I'm the mother of dragons. I'm like, well, what else about you? I mean, Break come her on. chains. You know, do you, do you like music? I mean... No, I like my dragons, bro. Yeah, because, I mean, she, she she's not a... She's not King a, has one, no? She's not a very dynamic character. That's true. She has a one-track mind. She's done, like, eight guys on the show. I'm trying to think. Think about it. Seriously. It's like, oh, I'm going to say nice words about you and how strong of a leader you are. You're in my bed the next day, except Jorah Mormon, of course, which probably pisses him off even more. That's true. I think I can only think of two. She's got the call. She's got that random guy. Uh, another random guy. And then John. Oh, John, too. Uh, uh, there was, uh, what's his face? Uh, I can't remember his name. He was in a, he's a mercenary. He, yeah, the mercenary guy. What's his name? So there's only three that I can think of. I You're... could have sworn there was another one. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm just I don't thinking think so. too much into it. I don't know. Anyways, that's that is all I have for the podcast, and we're this is turned into a Game of Thrones podcast, and I don't mind. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's, that's yeah, fun. no, no, fun. we're gonna probably talk about this for like thirty minutes so, on the next yeah. podcast. So, so if you're probably gonna s- get a lot of old OU fans who are like stick sports, oh, yeah, but like uh, you know, really at least care. it was at the end of the podcast. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But do you have anything else left to say? I think I'm good. Oh. uh... Let's pick who wins the final four. I'm going Virginia. Michigan State. Okay. Michigan State's got a lot of playmakers, so but Virginia's got so many guys who are so clutch. They've got a guy named Guy. Yeah, that's true. I just hate the way they play. I think he's the guy. Yeah, I hate the way they play too, but Oh, two three zone, yeah, it's so fun. Like oh, bro. No. Like they're not talented. Not into it. Oh, they're talented, but, but I think they'll win. I think they they'll ugly their way into it. a national I championship. But you ready to get out of here? Yeah. All right. Well, follow Jack on Twitter at CC Machine. Uh, you can also follow his other one if you would like. What's your other? Is it Jack L. Shields? It's J. Larry Shields. J. Larry Shields. My That's middle name's Lawrence. That's why it's Larry. And then follow me on Twitter at BoomtownRW. Check out the website, CrimsonAndCreamMachine.com. Guys, there's so many things dropping every day that you just want to look at and read because there's so many good writers we have on staff and it's just worth the read and worth the check out absolutely and of course um we bring content every single day anything is really good of course i'm sitting right next to the editor-in-chief so he he proof checks it for you guys make sure it's all 100 percent right yeah unless i'm doing something else but yeah usually yeah so sometimes things slip through the cracks so Always be with the website. If you see something, call me out on it. So do it. Don't. That'll do it. help me to uh, 
correct the error or whatever happens. So. And follow us, all those things on Twitter, especially CC Machine. Uh, Jack is really good at interacting with y'all, and I love the, the halftime gif. Give me your gifts responses. That's and a that's an Austin Brown creation. It's really good. It's really good. So follow that guy, all that stuff, and we will check you guys later.